0: section nineteen of scenes from a courtesan's life by honoré de balzac translated by james waring this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by bruce piry esther happy chapter nineteen for some time lucien by his terrible mentor's orders had been very attentive to madame de serizy it was in fact indispensable that lucien should not be suspected of having kept a woman for his mistress and in the pleasure of being loved and the excitement of fashionable life he found a spurious power of forgetting he obeyed mademoiselle clotilde de grandlieu by never seeing her excepting in the bois or the champs-elysees on the day after esther was shut up in the park-keeper's house the being who was to her so enigmatic and terrible, who weighed upon her soul, came to desire her to sign three pieces of stamped paper, made terrible by these fateful words. On the first, accepted payable for 60,000 francs. On the second, accepted payable for a 120,000 francs on the third accepted payable for a hundred and twenty thousand francs three hundred thousand francs in all by writing bon pour you simply promise to pay the word accepted constitutes a bill of exchange and makes you liable to imprisonment the word entails on the person who is so imprudent as to sign the risk of five years imprisonment a punishment which the police magistrate hardly ever inflicts and which is reserved at the assizes for confirmed rogues the law of imprisonment for debt is a relic of the days of barbarism which combines with its stupidity the rare merit of being useless inasmuch as it never catches swindlers the point said the spaniard to esther is to get lucien out of his difficulties we have debts to the tune of sixty thousand francs, and with these three hundred thousand francs we may perhaps pull through. Having antedated the bills by six months, Carlos had had them drawn on Esther by a man whom the county court had misunderstood, and whose adventures, in spite of the excitement they had caused, were soon forgotten, hidden, lost in the uproar of the great symphony of July, eighteen thirty this young fellow a most audacious adventurer the son of a lawyer's clerk of boulogne near paris was named georges marie Destorny. his father obliged by adverse circumstances to sell his connection died in eighteen twenty four leaving his son without the means of living after giving him a brilliant education the folly of the lower middle class at twenty-three the clever young law student had denied his paternity by printing on his cards georges d apostrophe estourny this card gave him an odor of aristocracy and now as a man of fashion he was so impudent as to set up a tilbury and a groom and haunt the clubs one line will account for this he gambled on the bourse with the money entrusted to him by the kept women of his acquaintance finally he fell into the hands of the police and was charged with playing at cards with too much luck he had accomplices youths whom he had corrupted his compulsory satellites accessory to his fashion and his credit Compelled to fly, he forgot to pay his differences on the bourse. All Paris, the Paris of the stock exchange and clubs, was still shaken by this double stroke of swindling. In the days of his splendor, Georges d'Estourny, a handsome youth and above all a jolly fellow, as generous as a brigand chief, had for a few months protected la torpille the false abbe based his calculations on esther's former intimacy with this famous scoundrel an incident peculiar to women of her class georges d'estourney whose ambition grew bolder with success had taken under his patronage a man who had come from the depths of the country to carry on a business in paris and whom the liberal party were anxious to indemnify for certain sentences endured with much courage in the struggle of the press with charles x's government the persecution being relaxed however during the martignac administration the sieur cerizet had then been pardoned and he was henceforth known as the brave cerizet cerizet then being patronized for form's sake by the bigwigs of the left founded a house which combined the business of a general agency with that of a bank and a commission agency it was one of those concerns which in business remind one of the servants who advertise in the papers as being able and willing to do everything Cerizet was very glad to ally himself with Georges d'Estourny who gave him hints esther in virtue of the anecdote about Nonon might be regarded as the faithful guardian of part of Georges d'Estourny's fortune an endorsement in the name of Georges d'Estourny made Carlos Herrera master of the money he had created this forgery was perfectly safe so long as mademoiselle esther or some one for her could or was bound to pay after making inquiries as to the house of cerizet carlos perceived that he had to do with one of those humble men who are bent on making a fortune but lawfully cerizet with whom Destourny had really deposited his moneys had in hand a considerable sum with which he was speculating for a rise on the bourse a state of affairs which allowed him to style himself a banker such things are done in paris a man may be despised but money never carlos went off to cerizet intending to work him after his manner for as it happened he was master of all this worthy's secrets a meet partner for d'estourny cerizet the brave lived in an entresol in the rue du gros chenet and carlos who had himself mysteriously announced as coming from georges d'estourny found the self-styled banker quite pale at the name the abbe saw in this humble private room a little man with thin light hair and recognized him at once from lucien's description as the judas who had ruined david sechard can we talk here without risk of being overheard said the spaniard now metamorphosed into a red-haired englishman with blue spectacles as clean and prim as a puritan going to meeting why monsieur said cerizet who are you Mr. William Barker, a creditor of Monsieur Destornies, and I can prove to you the necessity for keeping your doors closed if you wish it. We know, Monsieur, all about your connections with the Petit Clos, the Cointets, and the Sechards of Angoulême. On hearing these words, Cerizet rushed to the door and shut it, flew to another leading into a bedroom, and bolted it. Then he said to the stranger, speak lower monsieur and he studied the sham englishman as he asked him what do you want with me dear me said william barker every one for himself in this world you had the money of that rascal d'Estourny. be quite easy i have not come to ask for it but that scoundrel who deserves hanging between you and me gave me these bills saying that there might be some chance of recovering the money, and as I do not choose to prosecute in my own name, he told me you would not refuse to back them. Cerizet looked at the bills. But he is no longer at Frankfurt, said he. I know it, replied Barker, but he may still have been there at the date of those bills. I will not take the responsibility, said Cerizet i do not ask such a sacrifice of you replied barker you may be instructed to receive them endorse them and i will undertake to recover the money i am surprised that destourny should show so little confidence in me said Cerise. in his position replied barker you can hardly blame him for having put his eggs in different baskets can you believe the little broker began as he handed back to the englishman the bills of exchange formally accepted i believe that you will take good care of his money said barker i am sure of it it is already on the green table of the bourse my fortune depends on your appearing to lose it said barker sir cried cerizet look here my dear monsieur cerizet said barker coolly interrupting him you will do me a service by facilitating this payment be so good as to write me a letter in which you tell me that you are sending me these bills receipted on d'Estourny's account and that the collecting officer is to regard the holder of the letter as the possessor of the three bills will you give me your name no names replied the english capitalist put the bearer of this letter and these bills. You will be handsomely repaid for obliging me. How? said Cerizet. In one word, you mean to stay in France, do not you? Yes, monsieur. Well, Georges d'astourny will never re-enter the country. Pray, why? There are five persons, at least to my knowledge, who would murder him, and he knows it. Then no wonder he is asking me for money enough to start him trading to the Indies, cried Cerizet. And unfortunately he has compelled me to risk everything in state speculation. We already owe heavy differences to the house of Dutillet. I live from hand to mouth. Withdraw your stakes. Oh, if only I had known this sooner, exclaimed Cerizet. I have missed my chance. One last word, said Barker keep your own counsel you are capable of that but you must be faithful too which is perhaps less certain we shall meet again and i will help you to make a fortune having tossed this sordid soul a crumb of hope that would secure silence for some time to come carlos still disguised as barker betook himself to a bailiff whom he could depend on and instructed him to get the bills brought home to esther they will be paid all right said he to the officer it is an affair of honor only we want to do the thing regularly barker got a solicitor to represent esther in court so that judgment might be given in presence of both parties the collecting officer who was begged to act with civility took with him all the warrants for procedure, and came in person to seize the furniture in the Rue Tebou, where he was received by Europe. Her personal liability once proved, Esther was ostensibly liable beyond dispute, for 300 and more thousand francs of debts. In all this Carlos displayed no great powers of invention. The farce of false debts is often played in Paris there are many sub gobsecks and sub gigonets who for a percentage will lend themselves to this subterfuge and regard the infamous trick as a jest in france everything even a crime is done with a laugh by this means refractory parents are made to pay or rich mistresses who might drive a hard bargain but who face to face with flagrant necessity or some impending dishonor pay up if with a bad grace maxime de Troy had often used such means borrowed from the comedies of the old stage carlos herrera who wanted to save the honor of his gown as well as lucien's had worked the spell by a forgery not dangerous for him but now so frequently practiced that justice is beginning to object there is it is said a bourse for falsified bills near the palais-royal where you may get a forged signature for three francs end of section nineteen